Perhaps you're feeling weary today, or you may be overflowing with great joy. Is your heart hurting, filled with fear or sorrow? Friends, we want you to know that God's Word is able to wash over you and flood your thirsty soul because it is living water. Through His Word, our thoughts are guided toward peace, strength, comfort, courage, and gratitude as we walk one day at a time with God. This podcast is part of the global outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Welcome to Walk with God. A warm welcome to each of you. My name is Brenda McCord. And my husband, Walt, and I are so excited to begin this new season of Walk with God. You know, we've taken a break since Christmas time. We've tweaked some details. We've done some planning and organizing. We've made a few changes, and we hope all of those will make our time together with you more beneficial. You know, as a Christian, at some point in your life, you heard Jesus' call, his call to come and follow me. You responded and accepted his invitation, and you know God's word is our sure guide. We can enjoy a close relationship with God as we search the scriptures with other believers, digging deep into the truth, finding his guidance and wisdom on every page. That is what Walt and I embrace in this podcast, Walk with God. As season six begins, we invite you to take your Bibles and turn in the Old Testament to the book of Haggai. You know, Walt, I love the teaching that we've been able to do in Haggai. Recently, we did a singles uh, conference, a retreat weekend, and taught through Haggai. And I think they were surprised. It's like, oh, this book actually <laughs> speaks into my life today. Right, so, this dusty old book, right? Yeah, the, I didn't even know it was in the Old Testament. <laughs> I'll just skip over those. Yeah, one of those minor prophet books. So. You have to thumb through those back pages, right, and find Haggai. It's a short book, only two chapters, but I just want to tell you it holds truth and some powerful application for each of our lives today. So over these coming weeks, we are going to dig into the book of Haggai. Haggai 1.1 reads like this, In the second year of Darius, the king of the first day, of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came by the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, the son of Shittiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, saying... Well, even as we just start with that that announcement, it sets the date. It tells us the exact month and day and year. But beyond that, we need some of the background because this is a time of national uncertainty and discouragement, and division. And the question is, what are the people of God to do in a time like that? Now, let me say those words again, because I think they resonate. National uncertainty, discouragement, and division. That's the setting for this book. Um, So what are the people of God to do? Well, this book says we're to draw close to God and experience the encouragement of His perspective. 
And that's the instruction we can glean from the book of Haggai. In verse 1, we're told the exact date. This is August 29th of 520 B.C. And I know when I start talking about dates and geography and different countries, uh, people's eyes glaze over, but I'll just say a couple of things. One is, Um, In 722, the Assyrians come and wipe out the northern ten tribes called Israel. And then they come back in 701, and they almost wipe out the southern two tribes of Judah and Benjamin, which normally went by the term Judah. And with the Assyrians, that's recorded in the book of Isaiah, but they don't get to wipe them out because God intercedes. But a hundred years later, about uh, about, um, 606, Now a new enemy is coming. It's not the Assyrians, but it's the Babylonians. And they come, and they this time wipe out the southern two tribes. And they deport people back to Babylon, including Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They they deport a number of people back to there. And they stay there for a period of 70 years. And then the Babylonians are defeated by Cyrus the Great, the Medo-Persian king, and and when, once he wins, um, because of the, the even the the biblical um, work of of Daniel, he basically says, "I'm going to allow this people to return from exile." And so, in 737, they begin building the temple, but they stop the work on the temple in 736 because they became discouraged. And and this is spoken of. In 536, sorry about that. Um, but this is spoken of in Ezra chapter 4. Even though Ezra was written almost 100 years later, it says this in Ezra 4. Then the people of the land discouraged the people of Judah, and they frightened them from building, and they hired counselors against them to frustrate their counsel. And so we see that movement of from 722 BC, the Assyrians coming, and then the Babylonians coming and carrying those two southern tribes, Judah and Benjamin, Judah back. And that's recorded in Jeremiah, correct? Right. And so we see those verses there. And then now Cyrus the Great in 538 allows them to return from the Babylonian exile, and they begin building the temple in 537. But as Walt just said, in 536, they become discouraged. The people are discouraged. I don't know. What when you get discouraged, what do you do? Have you felt discouraged at all these last few years? I I sometimes, you know, grab a cup of coffee or, you know, a Diet Coke and I have to just go sit in my rocking chair and just, you know, when you become discouraged, you can understand, right? Why you would quit a huge project of rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem. Well, let's continue in verse 2 of Haggai chapter 1. Thus says the Lord of hosts. So the Lord is now speaking. This message is coming through the prophet Haggai. This people say, the time has not come, even the time for the house of the Lord to be built. And even with that statement, the time it's not the right time. It's not the time to build the house of the Lord. Um, even as we hear that, it's like, wait a minute. They were instructed to rebuild the temple, and they started it, and then stopped a, a, a long time ago. They've been waiting for 16 years. And they're saying, ah, it's not the right time, year one, year two, year three, all the way up to 16 years. 
And, and I, I, I really feel that they fell into a rut of complacency, but also they fell into a position where they were working on their own homes and they were just uh, doing life and they forgot about their um, commitment to rebuild the temple of the Lord. Yeah, and as you say, they're working on their own homes. That's jumping down to verses 3 and 4. The word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house, pointing to the temple, right, lies desolate? What what what's a paneled house? Yeah, that's that's a great question, and actually, it's very key to the text because um, previously we were told that King Solomon built a paneled house for the Lord, and that was the the first temple that Solomon constructed, and he went and 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 got um, cedars from Lebanon from Hiram, king of Tyre. And he, he went and he, he brought them and paneled the house of the Lord. And what, he, what the prophet's saying is here, what are you doing? You're making excuses that it's not the right time, but you went up and got paneling and you brought it down for your house and my house lies desolate. We're going to find out the consequences of that next week, but but this is um, one of those places where, um, as I'm teaching, I'm convicting myself because um, sometimes uh, in the midst of life, I begin to make excuses, and um, and and those excuses sound really really good to me, but they're excuses. And, and I'm just not obeying what the Lord maybe has told me, or I'm doubting what he's told me. And so with that, when you become overwhelmed or discouraged, um, in this case, when the work is very difficult, what do you do? And, and the Word of God says, you need to hear the Word of God from the prophet of God, and you need to get back to work. And so those excuses become our reason for sitting, right? And so they stopped on the temple working on that in 536. And the date that we see here is August the 29th in 520. Do the math, right? We're saying 16 years, they have not worked on the Lord's temple. The assignment that was given, I mean, they're ignoring their work assignment for 16 years. I'll tell you what, if in one of my classes, I ignored it for 16 weeks, I would get an F. And and they're getting an F as the people of God. They're not doing what God said. Um, but this excuse even continues on. And the, the idea of you need to examine your priorities. Um, the prophet here delivers a rebuke to the people, even with the phrase of paneled houses and my house lies desolate. And the rebuilding of the temple, which they should have been busy about working. I, I just love even just this aspect of you need to examine your priorities. What are you doing and what are you doing with your life? Mm. So beware of my excuses. And then the second point that you're pulling out of verses three and four is examine my priorities. And I can't help but think, well, as we're beginning a new year, we're beginning this new season, jumping into the book of Haggai, which is one of the reasons we wanted to open up this book. But what a great place for us to sit right now, right? 
look at my priorities. What what are the things that where am I wasting my time? You know, if you think about how I use my time every day, what are the things, what are the big rocks that have to be part of my day and of my week? Yeah, and, and what discourages me in the midst of that? And, and what excuses do I make? And, mm. and what are my priorities? Um, if I'm not mindful, if you're not mindful of what your priorities are, and, and realizing that it's, it's centered in the will of God and the word of God with the people of God. The word of God, the will of God is found, and we do that in community with the people of God. And that's what these people have, have forgotten. They, they're kind of just all out there doing their own thing. Yeah, and if I'm, for all of us, if we're not careful, uh, you said a little bit earlier— you know, they're being rebuked because of their selfishness, right? Right. And at my core, what I'm going to be selfish. I'm going to think about me first. I'm not going to consider, I'm not going to go to the Lord and seek his direction, his wisdom, his guidance, his priorities for my life. Well, let's look at verse five. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You know, the Lord is so very gracious with his people, with with you and me. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't think that means that he's going to allow us to get away with living in a selfish, sinful manner forever. Um, he, he let it go pretty long, right? There's 16 years here. Um, but we can see his grace in these first five verses because he sends one of his faithful prophets to deliver the message. He doesn't just strike them with lightning and say, hey, you know, you've been building your own beautiful homes, right? Yeah. But- and and, and he's just is going to challenge them with their excuses and their misplaced priorities. You know, the, the Hebrew word consider, consider your ways, um, it's a very important and strong word. It it means to muse, to think deeply about something, to really concentrate on this and and focus in. And I love even the the, the word muse because the opposite is putting an a before amuse. And we seem in this time to be amusing ourselves, even as the famous book of 28 years ago or so, amusing ourselves to death. But but they are told, muse, think deeply about that. And, and that leads to a question that I ask of you and I ask of me. Who influences you? Is it your friends? Is it your family? Is it other people? Is it society? Is it advertising? Is it Hollywood? Who influences you? And, and what do you think deeply on? What excuses do you make? And what do you need to think more seriously about it? Well, our kids growing up would say something like this, and you've heard this too. Well, everyone else is doing it. And that, that's the, the good phrase of if everyone else jumps off a bridge, are you going to too? And yeah. I mean, boy, do I sound like an old parent now? <laughs> we have to back them down off of that one, right? <laughs> exactly. But the, the, the aspect is um, the rest of the world is, is living in the flesh. They're doing whatever they want to do. They're doing it their way. And yet we as followers of, of Christ, we're to do it God's way, not what everyone else is doing, but what the Word of God says. So here's a question. Do you regularly schedule time to review 
to evaluate and to realign your priorities. I just, I just love to even remind myself of that because I'm so busy usually doing my to-do list that, that I don't take time all the, t- all the time to review and to evaluate and then to consider my ways. I'm just busy working, but I need to regularly do that. And so as we end in verse 5 today, we've just covered those first five verses, but even these already give us so much to pause and reflect and think about, right? Um, What are my excuses? Uh, Am I listening to the voices around me? Am I being intimidated? Am I being pressured? Am I... Uh, making my decisions based on what people around me think? Or am I truly bringing my priorities and my thoughts before the Lord? It's a great place for us to begin. Take time. Take time to pause and reflect. We encourage you to meditate on God's Word. Start with Psalm 1, a great one, yeah. well, one of your favorites. A wisdom psalm. It's it's a great one that talks about two two people with two paths that lead to two Results at the end of life. Great, great verse verses there to read. And so let's be real. Let's be very honest. A wonderful place for each of us to begin and say and ask these questions. What is one excuse that you consistently make that you know, you know it's holding you back in your personal walk with God? Maybe it's you're just not getting up early enough in the morning, or you're not taking time in the evening to say, this is my time to open up God's word. And as you identify that one big excuse, is the Holy Spirit revealing something specific with regard to your priorities? Are you having a real quiet time with the Lord? Are you reading the Bible each day? Sometimes it's just a verse or two, or it's meditating on a passage, or perhaps you have a Bible program that you can be listening to in the car rather than catching up on the sports and all of the scores. You can- oh, that that's a little too close to <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, sh- I shouldn't have gone <laughs> it's a little, there. That moves beyond conviction yeah. to meddling. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Well, as we... Begin here in these first five verses of Haggai. Each of us has the opportunity to come before the Lord and ask him for his leading, his direction, his guidance. It's our desire, our goal for Walt and for me and for you as our listeners to grow in our understanding and the application of God's word in our daily lives. Over the next few days, Take some time to meditate and reflect on these first five verses in the book of Haggai and consider your ways. Until our next time together, may you continue to walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America and outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.